Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Not used to seeing Pastor Candy up here, and you won't see me a lot. I told my sons last night, I said, uh, they said, Mom, how'd you do? I said, um, I did okay. And Andrew said, Mom, let me just give you a hug. So I expect a hug from everybody after I'm done. No. One of the reasons why Pastor Tom and I are so uh, really concerned in the area of our relationships is because, you know, when we are united in our hearts with one another as people and our relationships are good and they're growing, we become a mighty fortress. We become a church that understands how to walk together and unified. Unity in your family, unity in the body of Christ, and you become a church that becomes a mighty fortress against the tactics of the enemy. And my heart to you is to understand that God wants us to walk together, and he wants us to help us through our challenges in life. And today we're going to share with you about conflict. Now I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I may have conflict with you, but I'm going to love you anyway. Tell the person next to you, I may have conflict with you, but I'm going to love you anyway. I have conflict with 441 and its lights. I live in Coral Springs, and so when I come down, and 441 just stops me, and that's my conflict. I wish all conflict was that easy, don't we? Today we're going to talk about why do we hurt the ones we love or why... How do we resolve conflicts in our lives? We're going to share with you a few uh, points on that. And let's go to John chapter 16, verse 33. The Lord says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have um, overcome the world. Because what God has done, therefore God is going to open up the heart of your, your life and be able to give you inner peace to go through whatever you need to go through and confront what you have or need to confront. Reasons and why we have conflict. Why is conflict inevitable in our lives? I'm going to share with you a few points. Because we live in a fallen world, first of all. Conflict and problems are inevitable. But God says that he will give you peace. Everyone say peace. God will give you peace to walk through any challenge or any conflict that you might face. But we live in a fallen world, and the Lord wants us to be able to understand that his desire is to reveal himself to us as we face those conflicts, as we face those challenges, as we face those problems with one another in relationship. God is standing right there to be able to reveal himself to you in your spirit and in your heart to be able to know how to walk through that. How is it that it is inevitable? Because in in this world, we have growing complexity and diversity. There's a lot of complex things going on, isn't there? Every time you turn the news on, there's something going on. Every day you wake up, you don't know what you're going to face. But you know what? I love that the Lion of Judah walks with me. The Lion of Judah walks with me. And he walks and he knows my heart. And he knows what I'm going to face that day. And nothing is impossible with God when we walk with him. 
We work, we live with diversity. Did you know that there's, how many of you come from different backgrounds? You come from different family members, different things, you were raised differently? Everything in your life, there's something that's probably diverse from the person that's sitting next to you. Did you know that? And so there is going to be conflict. There is going to be things that can arise. But I tell you, conflict is not all bad. Say, conflict is not all bad. I don't think you believe that. We don't like conflict, do we? We withdraw or we either confront very quickly. And I'm going to show you some few things that we're going to go through some sources of what God wants to show us through his word. The third thing is we cannot control all the situations that we face in life. And this is why it is inevitable that we will have conflict and trials and problems with others in our relationships. Conflict is normal, but it can lead to growth. Conflict is normal sometimes, and it can lead to growth in our lives. We need to understand that the Lord wants to walk us through and give us tools to be able to do it healthy. He wants to give us tools to help us to do, understand that he wants to help us walk in a healthy relationships with one another. Here are some sources that we're going to go through in Acts chapter 15. Before I say that, it says, conflict grows from our differences and our selfishness. Conflict grows from our differences and our selfishness. Sometimes our conflicts, our sin, come from sin and sometimes not come from sin. In Acts chapter 15, we see that there is a difference in the beliefs. Acts chapter 15 is where Paul is talking to the Jews and he's talking to the people and helping them to understand that you can come to the Father through Jesus Christ and there's a free access and that's, his, that's the path that you can take. And you've got the Jewish people who've gotten saved and under the laws and, and they, so they know there's Jesus and then there's, there's circumcision and then there's laws that come after that. And that's the way that they understand that how it's supposed to, you know, get saved. And this is some issues and some conflict that came. Folks, how many of us have conflicts in the body of Christ with one another? You have philosophical differences. Some of us say, well, this isn't really biblical things to worry about, but the color is red of the, the chairs, I like blue. That's an opinion. That's not philosophical. But we, we get tied up with some of the things, and then some of us say, well, is Jesus coming back? I believe that he's going to come back before the tribulation. Some say he's going to come out after the tribulation. These are issues that should never divide us. Do you understand? These are issues. There's issues that philosophically, our belief system, we need to find and get in alignment with God's truth and his word. And so that's what they did at the Jerusalem council. They brought Paul, they brought Barnabas and other believers, and they came together. And they shared the truth. And people listened, and they worked together, and they came and aligned the truth with the, with, with the truth of God so that everyone could understand that they could Walk together, even though they had differences. Some other differences 
are in our perspective and in our personalities. In Acts chapter 15, you have two friends. 1536 and through 41. Different perspectives and different personalities. Paul and Barnabas. Paul is a task-oriented person. How many of you are task-oriented? You want to get the job done. Nobody's saying they don't want, nobody wants to get the job done here. Boy, what kind of church do we have? We want to get the job done. We just want to sit around. Barnabas is a person who is an encourager. Now, how many of you are encouragers? Most of you are encouragers. So you would take the side of Barnabas in this situation. So here are two godly men, and they went on a mission trip. They took John Mark. They took a guy called John Mark. And John Mark went on, he was on a trip with them. And what happened on that trip was something, we don't know what the conflict or what the problem happened, but John Mark decided on that trip, he went off and he did something else, and so he left them. And so here comes the second missionary trip, and so Paul and Barnabas are going to get ready to go, and it's time to go, and, and Barnabas says, you know, I've been working with John Mark. And, he, you know, I've been encouraging him. He's been on my life group, maybe. Things have been going well. And you know what? I think he's going to do a great job on this missionary trip. And Paul says, I don't think so. Why? Barnabas says, come on. You know what Christ did for you? You know he did it? He says, yes, I know, but the Lord's called me to this mission. And you know what? we got to get the job done. And Barnabas says, well, you know what? I don't necessarily agree with this. And so what happens is, is Paul and Barnabas depart their ways. Why? Because Paul says, I don't have time, Barnabas. I don't know. God has called us to do this, and I don't have time for this flaky guy. He might just decide not to show up again. He might decide to take another trip. He might decide to go on, and I don't want to take that, that chance. And I know what God's called us to do. We need to get there. We need to do the job. And Barnabas says, you know what? I'm going to take John Mark, and I'm going to take care, and I'm going to go my way. And Paul went his way. Now, let me ask you, is either one really wrong? No. You say, well, I, I kind of think that's not really nice of Paul, but you know what? God had called Paul to do a certain thing, and he felt at that time that that's what he needed to do. And Barnabas did what he was supposed to do. He talked, he took John Mark under his wing, and he brought him up. And I'll tell you, at the end of that scripture, you'll see what, what the comments of Paul are, even on John Mark. God wants us to walk and understand that we have different perspectives and we have different personalities, but it doesn't mean that we cannot walk together just because those things are at hand. We may have conflict, but conflict grows. It comes, grows from our differences and from our selfishness, but it grows us more into the nature of God because we are able to understand what God is trying to do through us and changing us and understand that it does not have to divide us. I'm going to show you something here. Sometimes our conflicts are not from sin. They're not just from sin, but I mean, sometimes our conflicts are not from sin, but here we'll show you a little bit about some things of the roots of where it comes from sin. Honey, I agree with you. You got to get out. He don't deserve you. You can say that again. A real man's got to be a hero to his wife before he can be to anybody else. Or he ain't a real man. Catherine, do you need a place to stay? I can't imagine living in the same house with that man. 
No, I decided last night that I'm not the one that's leaving. He's the problem, not me. That's right, girl. Stand your ground. Make him respect you. If there's one thing a man understands... It's respect. That's the issue. That's the reason our marriage is failing. She shows me no respect at all. And the saddest part about it is... He doesn't have a clue. He thinks our marriage has been fine for the most part. Mm. You know, he probably thinks... Our marriage has been fine until this year. Now, all of a sudden, she goes off the deep end. Do you really think this happened all of a sudden? I don't know what to think. I don't understand her. She's emotional about everything. She's easily offended and way too sensitive. I mean, he's so insensitive. No, he doesn't truly care how I feel. He doesn't listen to me. Even if I say it over and over and over again. And then she starts nagging me and, and saying I don't listen to her or, or something like that. It drives me crazy. I feel like I'm going insane. You know, he doesn't understand my needs. I feel like we are completely and totally incompatible. She's probably whining to her friends, making me sound like a criminal. I can see him all right now, crying, having some sort of group hug. It's gonna be okay, sweetie. It's gonna be all right. We'll get through this. We have you. We have your back. Whatever you need. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? Hmm. God wants us to understand that sometimes our conflict, marriage, relationships that we have with work, colleagues, friends, that sometimes we allow ourselves to sin because we do not take heed of how we react. And as you saw in the video, they were feeding off of their feelings, right? You feed off your feelings. And let me tell you something, folks. Your feelings will not make good decisions for you. So if your feelings are in charge of your life, then God's not. Because God will help you to make objective decisions that are necessary and needed to make when you are dealing with conflict. And I know that it's not easy to separate your feelings with what the conflict might be, but we're going to talk about that and how to diffuse it in a few moments, or how to diffuse the, con the conflict. Selfish desires. Sometimes through sin we have selfish desires that produces a conflict. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 3. It raises the question here. He ra James raises the question. He says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? He's asking this question. Do they come from your desires that battle within you? A desire that's probably coming from the root of your selfishness. I want it my way. I think it needs to be my way. You cannot have, it says, you want something you don't get, you kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want, and so you quarrel and you fight. Sometimes I would say some inappropriate behavior. You name call. You assume the other person's motives. How can we do that? Well, I just know that's what it's all about. Look at this. Look what's happening. It's all because of this and that and this and that. And you make your little list and you assume that that's really what it's coming from. You induce guilt. Look what you made me feel. Look what you made me feel. You reject, you depreciate the person, you discredit another person. 
You do not have, it says, because you do not ask God. Verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. What are your motives? What is the Lord speaking into your heart to help you understand who you are and what's going on? That you may spend, it says, what you get on your pleasures. Now, pleasures is not just things that you receive, but pleasure, pleasures are the lustful desires that come from us as our inner man. Folks, conflict's not all bad, but God's going to use it to refine you and transform you. And it's the beauty of what the Lord desires to do in you. We had a lady that got, had a conflict in Vienna with another woman. And one of the women after church, they were calling me out. Pastor Kenny, come over here. I want to talk with you. And she says, I can't get outside the church. I said, why? She says, because there's a woman waiting for me outside. <laughs> and I said, Really? She said, yes, we had some, some difficulties. We were talking on the phone, and, and we called each other this and that, and, and this was going wrong, and I accused, and she accused, and we got this, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to forgive. And she said, but she's outside waiting for me. So we go downstairs, we go outside, and over there there's public transportation. So she had to get on the public transportation to go home. And the other woman's just across the street screaming and yelling, I'm going to get you. I know what you did to my family. You talk like that to me. I'm not going to care about you. She was just screaming across the yard, and I thought, I thought, right after church? <laughs> so the woman was waiting for her after church, knowing that she would be at church. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Ooh. So what happens is, so I go over to this woman, and she's just doing like this, and I said, hey, calm down just a moment. I said, Get perspective. What's going on? I don't care. I know what she did. I said, but we both take responsibility for what you did. If you calm down, we can get somewhere. Folks, you're not going to get anywhere like that. Nowhere. You're just exerting your emotions. And you know what? Lack of maturity. Lack of maturity in your own life. If you can't have self-control. Look at what it says here. The opportunity, from grow, the, the opportunity is given to us to grow from com conflict from Philippians 2, chapter 1 through 2. It says, if you have, and the Greek says in, also says, since you have encouragement in Christ, since you have encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from, the, from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, Christ says, since you have encouragement from me, from my nature to give to you, and you are united, you are with me, Christ lives within you. If, any, if you have that comfort from God's love, he gives you the comfort when you go through conflict and strife. And he says, if you have fellowship, and my heart and prayer for you, church, is that you have fellowship with God, amen? That your fellowship is with him, and you have compassion, as Christ has compassion. And then look what it says in verse 2. It says, then make my joy complete. That makes me so excited because I am making God happy. I was created to please him. It says, then make my joy complete. My means Christ. Christ says, make my joy complete and be of like-mindedness. Wow. 
You think that we can accomplish that? We can. I've seen it happen. That all of a sudden, I'm thinking like you. You're thinking like me. Not that we are the same, but we have the like-mindedness of Christ, and we're healthy. We're understanding one another. We're, we're allowing God to renew our minds so that we understand that the Lord wants us to be of like-mindedness through Him. He can do that. Having the same love, being in one spirit, and in purpose. Folks, I've seen it happen. When you're in one in love, one in spirit, one together, and one in purpose, you're like a mighty fortress that God can use. Humility of mind says that the other person needs, needs should be above your own. You say, but I don't feel like it. This is where you choose to put the other person's needs ahead of your own. And the most loving time to do it is when you don't feel like it. I know what's going to happen this afternoon on Sunday afternoon in some of these homes. Your wife's going to say, even if you don't feel like it, show me love. (laughs) Have the attitude like Christ. Humility is not, I think this way about the other person, but it's what I want to do to help you to become more like Christ. Most of us, when we deal with conflict, we want to confront or we want to withdraw. We're going to show you, I'm going to show you someone. I have uh, Pastor Saul and Pastor Ron and, and uh, Stephen come on up real quick. I want to show you something. When you humble yourself before the Lord and you're facing conflict, you have to refocus, not just about the conflict, but what God wants to do through you, through the conflict. Pastor Saul's God today. (laughs) Pastor Stephen is, he's the employer He's the mean employer. He's the one you don't want to mess with. Probably not saved, you know. We're all going to pray for him afterwards. <laughs> Pastor Ron is the employee. He's got a lot of, you know, I mean, think about it, you know. Pastor Ron's been in the company for a long time, and all of a sudden this young guy comes and shows up. <clears throat> He's supposed to be his employer. So he's treating the very well understood man. You know, he knows his job real well, but now he thinks he's the king, so he's going to tell him what to do. And I don't think that's really very, very nice, is that? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm the good guy. He's the, he's the one that loves the Lord. So... Now he's got to deal with, with his employer that really causes him conflict in his life. But who's behind? Oh, everybody sing. God's standing behind. 
And he's telling Brother Ron, he's telling Brother Ron, treat him as though you would treat me. Amen. Thank you. Treat him as though you would treat me. And you know, you could have put a couple up there. You could have put family members. Some of the family, you say, well, it's very, very difficult. Let me say that I know it's difficult. But I tell you this, that your responsibility towards God is that you let him change you. You act as though you would act towards God. Whether they're right or whether they're wrong, God has, will take care of them. I had a lady last night that asked me, she says, you know what? I have a circumstance where there's bitterness in a family member. And I don't know what to do. And I said, show her love. Do as Christ would treat her and pray for her. It's her responsibility of how she responds. Now, when that conflict comes back to you, get out of here. Whatever it is, you don't go and you don't embrace that. You give it to God. And you say, Pastor Kenny, how can that happen? Let me tell you, it's happening in my life. I'll tell you this, Pastor Tom and I or any pastor cannot do this job if you don't give it to God. And I say God is not a respecter of persons. If he can do it for us, he can do it for you. Amen. Verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. This is the key to great relationships. Value others above yourself. Now, you say, well, I do that, Sister Candy. I do that. I do that. Well, let me tell you, keep on doing it. Because you're doing it because God's going to bless you for it. God's going to pour out his spirit upon you for it. It is not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Let's notice here that in Christ, you don't work out your issues in your own flesh. You don't work out your issues in your own flesh. We complement one another instead of competing with one another. We complement one another instead of competing with one another. In Christ, our selfishness is transformed into servanthood. Oh, that's a tough one. But you don't know what they've done to me. You don't know what they're doing. Get the wisdom from God. The Lord will show you exactly what to do. You, it may not all be resolved tomorrow, but trust me, if you walk in these ways, as I'm going to show you in a few minutes, you will see God's power walking in front of you, and the Lord will change things because of his faithfulness and his promises in his word. Notice we cannot serve one another without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. We must take our focus off the conflict and look to the resolution that lies in the understanding of the nature of Christ. If you study who God is, trust me, it's the greatest treasure you can ever do in life, is the treasure of God. And as you understand his nature, that nature is given freely to you because he lives within you, and therefore, you can give it out. 
And boy, let me tell you, it's so freeing. Oh, I'm free. I'm so free because I'm allowing God to do that. Here we go. If you want to get it out, you want to write this down. How do we resolve conflict without killing the other person? All right, I want you to think about a conflict that you have in your family, have in your life, have in your situation, especially with someone that maybe you care about. And let's see how we can walk through a process instead of attacking them or withdrawing from them to have a healthy way to move in resolving these issues in your lives. Here we go. How do we do things God's way? First of all, how do we resolve conflict? First of all, define, I'm going to use this acronym called DEFUSE, okay? DEFUSE the conflict. Diffuse the conflict. First of all, define the problem. Define it on your own. Before you walk into a situation, before you're getting ready to, if you know there's going to be a conflict, it's better to think about it before you get into it. Now, if you don't know if it's coming your way, then start to believe and ask God. When something comes to you, say, Lord, I need your help. Immediately, God, I need your help. Lord, help me to think and process this through your ways. Define the problem in your own ways. The biggest mistake is verbalizing so quickly with the other person because automatically you're going to blame somebody. You're going to blame them. You're going to blame your brother. You're going to blame this one. You're going to blame that. We're always shifting blame, just like Adam and Eve. It started in the garden, but that's no excuse for us because we know. We know now. We've been taught. God is teaching us to walk that we don't just do it our own way. We have to do it God's way. Define the problem on your own, and then we're going to tell you how to walk through this next one here. You will say to me, well, you say, well, Pastor Kenny, the person is really the problem. That can be true. They can have character issues. We all have character issues. We all have character flaws. But I tell you, that we need to consider what's, what's going on in their life. Why are they reacting to you, towards you, the way they are? It might not just be you. Did you ever think about that? Did you know one of the things that I had to learn when I was first married with Pastor Tom? We both had to learn our backgrounds. And that helped me not to judge him about what he did or did not do for me. And the same thing for me. And when I went to the Lord, God said, Candy, let me take care of you. I'll take care of him. And you know what? The Lord started to work a wonderful thing in our marriage because he helped me to understand that I take care of me and God's helping me to do what I need to do so that I can operate in a healthy manner with my life. Maybe you want to write down the issues. God's calling you to a process with him. Write down the issues. Where did this problem start? Where did it begin? What's really bothering me? Find ways to see if you can separate the problem from the person. This is a lot of very quiet in this room. Oh, I love you, and so does God. I still get my hug, right? Separate the problem from the person so that you don't go directly and attack. 
Share with each other, find the truth of where it's coming from. Secondly, I initiate a good time to talk. From the word diffuse, we had D define the problem. I initiate a good time to talk. If you're on the run and you're trying to solve a problem, you're just probably going to put fuel on the fire. Initiate a time to talk. Say, you know what? I had a problem. I need to talk with you something because something happened and we really need to discuss this. Now, the person who withdraws from conflict and doesn't like it, they just think it's going to go away. It doesn't go away. You've got to deal with it. Some things I know that you know that there's some very deep things that maybe need to take time to do, but God will help you to be able to work through it if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. In, so when you get with this person or whatever it is, initiate a good time to talk. Find a time that is good for them and good for you. So don't be too pushy for that. So don't after, after you know, whoever you got a problem with here, after, in the, you know, hey, I got to see you now. You know, we need to talk. Why don't you call them up and say, you know, I've got some issues. I've got some things. Could it be okay? Could we talk about this? You never know. It's probably in this room. Don't be pushy, but don't wait too long and procrastinate. F, define the problem. I, initiate a good time. F, focus on the perceived problem and not the person. Focus on the perceived problem and not the person. Proverbs chapter 18 19 says, An offended brother is more unyielding than a fortified city, and disputes are like barred gates of a citadel. Wow, that's pretty strong. An offended brother is like he's not going to give up the city, and he's got gates that are strong. So what happens is we've got this offense. Can't get through the gates because we've not watched how we deal with a conflict. When we wound the person, walls start going up. And no one wins if it's just about you. You might have won that battle, but you haven't won the war. And God wants to show you a whole new way of being able to understand how he wants to resolve conflictual issues in your life. Avoid words like, you should have, you never, you always. Oh, ouch. You always, you never. Why? Because that's probably not a very true statement. If always, that means every day. (laughs) If never, that means you never have ever, ever tried to do something. And most of us have always tried whatever we can. If we're trying to resolve something, we've tried something. Whatever has to happen, you need to deal with one issue at a time. Oh, we bring the past in. We bring another thing. We talk about this, and we talk about that, and you're this, and you're that, and look what this, and that. And we got all in all. We're going to put it on a feast platter right in front of you. And all of a sudden, we really haven't really found out what the root of the problem could be. So we bring the past in, and we talk. And you know what? All we do is stir the pot. Stir, stir. 
it gets hotter and hotter. <laughs> so whatever happens, you need to deal with an issue at a time. Don't mix in other things. Deal with one issue at a time. Let me tell you, when I deal with my kids, if I deal with one issue and we, we kind of get that one sort of dealt with, or even with counseling, I say, let's deal with one thing, and then the next thing comes along. Do you know they're more open to talk about it? Because we've only dealt with one. We didn't go and try to deal with five at one time. And there's peace. We're going back to peace, amen? Peace that we go through. Next, explore all the areas of the problem. We don't just think about one. Ask God to give you wisdom as you're talking and things are going. Explore all the areas of the problem and then seek alternative solution. So D, define the problem. I, initiate a, a good time to talk. F, focus on the perceived problem, not on the person. And F, <laughs> feel the pain as though it was your own. Ooh. Feel the pain of the other person as though it was your own. Proverbs 17 says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother a born, is born for adversity. How many of you have gone through some really difficult things? And you know what? When you find somebody else that's gone through that same thing, boy, you're like this. Isn't it true? They've walked through, you said, man, you can feel that pain because you went through it. Well, God's asking you to go to another, another level. Not just feel it because you understand that just because they went through the same thing, but take yourself out of your shoes and recognize, hey, let me try to understand what this person is before I start this conflictual, before we get it too far. Family members, sit down, take the time, talk. If it's somebody even in your in friendships, maybe it's in your employment. Understand maybe where that person, and realize, if, especially if they're not saved, God to give you grace to be what you're supposed to be for him in front of them. First is your calling to them, not just yourself. Let yourself be like a spiritual leader, a disciple of Christ. He helps us to process and helps us to understand because, does, don't you think, God knows how you feel. Doesn't God know how you feel all, every day? Then God will give you the strength and he will give you the empowerment. He'll give you some understanding to maybe help and understand somebody else's need. Even though they could be just bad, really bad. The other day, we had two days, three days with our boys. And... We were able to sit down the, the night before one of the days that we were there. I just really felt we needed to get up and we needed to have a talk. We need to have family time. So we get up and the boys are ready to go. They want to go swimming. We're going to go swimming. I said, and Pastor Tom and I had talked about it, and Tom says, no, boys, sit down. You know, they're like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? And he says, we're going to talk. How long? <laughs> And that morning we were together three hours, allowing each one of us to share why the boys have conflict, how we walk through it, what are we going to do as a family, how do we want to walk forward and allow God to do what he needs to do in our lives. Feel the pain of where they are at 
Maybe don't just intellectualize and say, yeah, I got it. I got it. Maybe you don't got it. Maybe you need to listen. Maybe you need to talk. Maybe you need to write things down. Maybe you need to have pictures in your mind. Do you know sometimes we're just kids who are grown up? We're grown up kids. Our fights and battles are just a little bit bigger. But God is still helping us to understand that He wants us to walk through a process. God gives you mercy. Mercy means He withholds what you deserve for what we have done, what we deserve for we. He withholds it. And He does the same for you. God will extend you His hand to be merciful in situations that you might confront. You. Uncover the root for the symptoms. Maybe you're arguing about money. We don't have this. We don't have that. And maybe you haven't really looked at, well, how are you spending your money? What are you doing? Can I say something? I didn't say this in the first service. Pastor Tom and I are very much praying for this church financially. We know that some of you are going through some very difficult times. There are many of you that are facing challenges and facing conflicts that have nothing to do necessarily with your person, but they have to do with just your life. And know that God has laid it on our hearts and that we believe with you that He will bring you through breakthroughs and you will see a new day coming into your life. But can my heart be to you, folks, is that you take these principles and you apply them to your life so that you can be a living example of what God's called you to be as His disciple. You belong to Him. Say, I belong to Him. And because you belong to Him, you can overcome anything with Him, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much the conflict or the challenge may be, God's mercy is still there for you. Uncover the root from the symptoms. Maybe you have arguments because of where your time might be spent. We're living such a busy world. You know, I really don't think that the way, we, the way that it all is was really God's intention, to be honest. All that we do and the running around that we do, we have no time to even stand and think sometimes. Do you think God ever intended? No, 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 because that's distraction. That means we, have, we don't even have time to have connection with Him. So that's not the way the Lord intended it to be. So our arguments, what are you doing? Where are you going? What, why can't you do this? Or why can't we do this? Well, guess what the root of it is? The root of it is, is your loyalty. Maybe who's important in your life? That's the root. But we're arguing, what are you going and doing this for? What time are you going to be back? What's this? It's because we're struggling. The root is we're struggling for that time of where is the loyalty to, to our family? Where is the loyalty to my relationship with my husband or my wife or my friendship? Where is the loyalty to that? That's the root. Maybe you argue about your children or your work. And you're not sure of where are the roles, what's the root, what is the roles, how do our children, how are we, well, you bring your children, we're going to bring up our children this way, and the other one believes I'm going to bring up my children this way. And we haven't sat down and looked at the root of maybe why, we're, why these conflicts are arising. 
S. Set things right between you. Confess your sins to one another. Maybe the way you talked to each other. Maybe that's where you need to start. You know, the way I said that to you, that wasn't right. I need forgiveness. And sometimes we just need to be able to understand that God is trying to dissolve and diffuse what has built up that creates and causes division between us. Do you know that's the number one priority, one of the number one priorities I believe that the enemy does is division. He divides families. He divides friendships. He divides churches. He divides relationships because he understands the power of unity. Unity as a couple, unity as a family, unity as a church, he understands it, and he doesn't want you to know about it. If you know about it, you would understand that there's a power, a power that comes from the Lord because he's the one that ordained it. He ordained family. He ordained the church. He ordained the body of Christ. And when you come into understanding of that, there is a powerful spiritual bond. There's a powerful tool. There's a powerful energy that God gives you from the Spirit of God to be able to understand what God has created you for. And he uses your life in a mighty way. And all of a sudden, you start thinking like God. And we start thinking like the Lord together. And we start understanding what it means to walk together. Own your responsibility in the conflict. Maybe you have a little bit. Maybe your percentage is just 1%. Act as though it's 100%. Why would I do that? Because God's using you. And when you do things God's way, you'll see him transform your life. So even if it's 1%, take that responsibility. I'm going to take my 1%. I'm going to make it 100, God, and I'm going to do the right thing. (laughs) And let me tell you, God will transform the power of that conflict to diffuse, and he will change what you never thought possible. Possible. E, establish an action plan. Address the issues that God wants you to see in your conflicts with other people. Maybe you need to write it down. Sit down, focus on God. What has God done for you so far? What has he done for you so far? We always look at the negative. We always look at the problem. We always look at what's wrong. Man, if God could just change us to look at what's right, we would just see with new eyes what he desires to do And I know there's many of you in here this morning that may be in a lot of pain because of what conflict has done to you. And I tell you that God is a great healer. And I've seen him heal many, many, many relationships. And I've seen people who I never thought would walk together walk together. They didn't always agree. You don't have to agree to 
to walk together. Did you know that? You don't always have to agree with what, what you think or how things should have been or this or that way. You don't always have to agree. But with the Lord, you can walk together. Focus on what God has done for you so far. Maybe write down something with that person and say, you know what, let's commit to one another what God wants to do. Maybe, maybe you can't do that and you can't say God, but maybe you could write down by yourself, Lord, I'm going to commit to do this. Lord, I'm going to plan to do this. Lord, I choose to do this. And I tell you, if you get strategic about diffusing the conflicts in your life with God's You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.